It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott, Todd Surprise, running the show, as he does each and every week. He does a great job for us. We can't thank Todd enough for coming in and just taking care of everything. Hey, Todd, do, do you watch um, American Idol? No, but I watch. Here's what I do watch. I watch the the social media clips the next morning, you know? Right. So I, I kind of, you know, I kind of know, but I don't know a lot of names because I'm watching things, but I do right. see, I see updates and stuff. And I've heard, what I've heard is, is this supposed to be a, one of the better years as it, far it, as. It was the very best year for talented singers. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I've been. And Big Boy won last is night. Is that right? So yeah. I haven't, so I haven't been on social media today, so I didn't know. So he did win then. Yeah, he did win. I'll be damned. How about that? Well, S- congratulations. Simone boy. Yeah. yeah. No, he is a big, he's a big cat, man. That guy's, uh, but yeah, I tell you what, uh, from when you read all the comments, it didn't seem like there was a lot of outrage from who the people at the end were. So, I mean, I don't think it was. You know, I, I, I to be honest with you, I thought the girl should win. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. When you were, when she, was, she was pretty talented. Um, but big boy, he, he, he picked up the win last night, and um, it, it was all good. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I like watching The Voice better. Than yeah, American Idol. Well, and you see that in some of the comments too that people are more. I think the 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 singers on The Voice are a little bit better. Well, I think maybe they probably have a little bit more um, stringent policy on who they bring in at the beginning, so that right. you eliminate a little bit more. And I think that's probably more the appeal to American Idol is is to kind of see. They they let right. a few go through that they know is not probably going to be the ones that get picked because you got to have the ups and flows, right? Yeah, you've got to have the uh, peaks and valleys. <laughs> that's right. That right. makes that's what makes good TV and good you know. But yeah, I agree with you. I've heard more people more people in the industry say they follow the other one than than American Idol. So, so Marie, uh, let me ask you this, Marie. I know that you're in and you're listening to the show right now. Did you think the girls should win last night, or do you think the guys should have won last night? Who do you think? I, I, me personally, I thought the the girls should have won. I, I think she was a little bit stronger voice than than Big Boy. Well, coming from someone who just plays guitar and can't sing a lick, they're all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all really good. So. Yeah, no doubt. I, I uh, hats off to anybody who can get up in front of three people and sing, let alone the world to sing, you know, and, and sing with maybe one of the best bands in the, yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, they're not yeah. screwing around. They're going to have the best. It's not, they're they're not going to have any mistakes on the band side. The mistakes are going to fall on the musician side, right? right the singer right. side or so. Marie said it, but it was a typical idol ending. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. I tell you what I did watch. I love Marie. Um so we had the guest on on Track Talk on Saturday. Um Jarrett, who was his name, Kirk? Jarrett from Flow Racing who took who had the uh, Jet Dustin Jarrett. There you go, Dustin Jarrett. Yeah. And so he was part of the Flow thing. We were talking about the dirt 
which is on Flow. The, mm-hmm. Is it the Dirt Life or the Dirt? I can't remember what the the, but it follows sprint car racing and open wheel racing. You know, sprint yeah. car mainly. And um, I went home. Like I said, I'd seen most of it. I didn't watch all hour of that show. I watched part of it, and then I watched it. It was a really good show. And then I'm also watching. If anybody out there, there's a show called The 100 Days to Indy, which, uh, is, yeah. which is another. I haven't watched it yet. And let me tell you something. They're both really good. They're they're different. Both of them are different. Mm-hmm. Um, 100 Days of Indy, if you're not an indie guy, it's a, it's a perfect way to dip your toe into getting wet a little bit. Right. And to be able to find out a little bit about these drivers and who they are. They kind of go in the home and talk a little bit about the home stuff. Now, I hope that's what this dirt life kind of thing does more of is spend more the shows a little bit more the off track stuff the first episode of that thing was kind of a chili bowl special type of deal you know they introduction a little bit and then right. they went right into the chili bowl kind of thing um both of them were very interesting will power was on the episode on the dirt on the 100 days of the indian i watched last night and uh, i had no idea he almost stepped out of the car when all of his friends were getting killed Right. Uh, I mean, he almost quit, quit. And it was his wife who told him, just get in there. Get back in there. And if you don't want to go full speed, get out. Get out. You've got to get in one more time. Well, then he ends up winning the 2018 Indy 500. And she's like, and that's why that celebration in Victory Lane was so much. You couldn't figure out. I mean, I understand it's very emotional. But, man, the wife was over the top, and he was over the top. And that that had to hold, you know, and they really showed the behind scene of that. So both of these. They're kind of ripping off Formula One show, aren't they? they Well, here's what they're doing. They saw what there's people talking across the board about this Formula One thing because of how the popularity is. People are sitting at home looking for something to stream. Right. And if it's something that gives them something other than just the racing. So you can't just throw a racing show on there mm-hmm. and expect to get a crossover. You're not going to get that. Right. But you do get that crossover, guys, when you bring in the home element, the wife and the kids and the house and the traveling. Right. And, and so, guys, do yourself a favor. Try to look out for both of these things. These are really cool documentaries that are out there. And they're, and the cool thing is Flow has it on On Demand. So if you're a Flow, you can just go pick that. You can that. go back there and watch yeah. it. It's now, really the cool. second episode will be carried by FS1 tomorrow night. Yeah. They had the premiere last week. So, right. regular regular yeah. TV. I mean, if yeah. you have an FS1 where you picked up the NASCAR race yesterday, you just flip on and, and you can watch that show. It's, it's So, they're profiling Kyle Larson, Justin Grant, Timez, Thomas Meserol, Tyler Courtney are the four big yep. ones that they're profiling on dirt, the last great American sport. And uh, last week was really interesting because... The last great American sport. Right. Is that IndyCar racing? No, that's... No, that's uh, the dirt. The dirt. The dirt. The dirt profiles that Flo is uh, producing, and it's on FS1, and we had Dustin Jarrett on talk about it last week. To be honest with you, I'm just going to say it. IndyCar and Formula One do nothing for me except for one race Uh, Uh, only the indianapolis Indianapolis 500 that's the the only race race that does anything for me are you the same way kurt and it never dis the indy 500 just never disappoints me and i look forward again this weekend that race just always has drama but i'm I'm with you the other races not so much not not so much you guys that's what i'm saying i'm 
That's but if you watch this uh, this reality I, show, I then it guys, might get you a little more in tune. You guys might really get into it, right. like I said. But I've I've been an indie fan since I you know I've been a big indie fan since I joined. I mean, when I came to you guys, yeah, I was an indie fan. I mean, I I bought season tickets at Kansas Speedway to get indie tickets and the NASCAR Cup tickets at the time. You know, right. And, um, I've always followed Indy. The reason why I like Indy, it, it, I think it's the same reason why you like sprint cars, Scott, is it's the only time I ever see anything where you really realize how fast these guys are going. The The speed element is there. The race and the venue are the stars, not the drivers Absolutely. at Indy. Yeah. And right. that is that is the big thing about the Indianapolis 500. It's about the track there, and about the yeah. venue, Kurt, the crowd. Let me ask you this. There's not enough American drivers in IndyCar. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, what I saw at Belleville the other night in the Sweet Springs last night, those guys are bigger stars at Belleville uh, uh, and Sweet Springs uh, than what was at Indianapolis this weekend. Uh, to me, that's the case. Kirk, is it true that Kyle Larson's not going to run Indy this year? No, not he, this year, next year. Next year. I thought he yeah. was doing Do you think year. he'll do good? Why not? He's done good in everything uh, uh, else he's uh, got. Uh, hold on. Kirk Bush ran eighth in the Indianapolis 500. That's pretty good. Do you think he'll do better than eighth? Sure. I got a chance to win it. Why There's not? There's people talking that he has an actual chance of winning this thing, and not people right. that if are he's like, in a good if you know it's got you got to be in a good car. Well, obviously, you what be I in thought a good was piece. funny is <laughs> Kyle Busch was not very happy. I mean, not unhappy, but if you noticed that interview, he said um, Larson got my ride. I mean, he. Bush was going to drive that. That mm-hmm. was going to be his, but they picked Larson over Bush for next year. Right. So, I mean, you know. Let's uh, let's get into some other racing that's going on. Um, um, Donnie Schatz picked up his first win of the year at Sharon Speedway. Kirk, what did you think about that race? Uh, actually, the first win came on Friday night, uh, and then the, and then he comes back on Saturday night at Sharon and does it again. He does it again. So he sweeps the entire weekend in the world about laws and looked good doing it. Yeah. He's got it going on right now, the 15 car, the Ford Power. Do you feel like Donnie Schatz is going to be a, a championship contender this year? I think he's too far back. He's still I don't think he is. 140-some points back of first place. As long as Brad Sweet is knocking out top five finishes, it's going to be hard to catch. Well, I, I, I'm I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think that Donnie Schatz has got a, a, a really good chance of winning. Sweet's got a Sweet's got to have a run of really bad finishes uh, for Schatz to make up 140. He's hundred even at this point in the season. I mean, he's 126. I 126, points. 20 points back. Uh, it's going to be really hard to do. I know it's not Memorial Weekend yet, so we've still got a long way to go, but Brad Sweet hasn't had a run of bad finishes for a long time. Now, he might have a bad night every now and then, but as long as he keeps posting top five, even top ten finishes, I think he's going to be hard to catch, even Donnie Schatz. Donnie Schatz knows what it takes to win championships. He does. He's won ten of them. And he, he can go out and win a whole bunch of races, but... Just knocking 10 points off every night out there is not going to quite get it done. I, I just don't they think run, Brad Sweet's going Kirk, to run poorly Kirk, enough to Kirk, they run, lose the championship. They run nearly 100 races well, for the yeah. year. I, I, 100 races. Yeah. There's plenty of time to make up I'm the st- difference. I'm still going to bet on Brad Sweet to win the championship. Mm. So we'll see what happens. But Shots is certainly 
in a position now to where he can win a lot of races this year. Right. No question about that. And uh, he showed it this weekend. Hey, out hey Marie, Marie, I'm kind of like you. I, I'm I'm not sure that uh, the voice is going to be very good without Blake on the show. Just so you know. Blake Shelton? Blake Shelton is leaving yeah. the show. Did you know that? I heard that. Yeah. I've never watched The Voice, so, but I've seen a lot of Blake Shelton. So did he just get tired of doing it? Or well, what? well, he's just, he's been doing it for what, 20 some well, years? He's the, he's the only original one left. Did you see Willie Nelson was in town in my backyard the other day? He was. He was. Yeah, he played Sandstone the At, other day. Eighty-seven. Uh, How yeah, old is he now? I don't now? know, but he. he what kind uh, of a show did they can he still put on it put, at his age? Pretty good show is what I heard. He came out and he sets for you know a lot of it, obviously, so he doesn't have to stand and wheeze. <laughs> right. <laughs> they do, but from all my friends, that in the went, weed. Yeah, but all well, I think Willie quit smoking now. I think he only eats now just edibles edibles now that the everything's more legal in a lot of states he's able to just do his tours around states that he can stop by and pick him some edibles up you know right willie has his own weed too you know it's his own, it's called willie weed willie and, weed yeah it's his own brand and well how about that but yeah willie was in town and uh, from all the reviews I saw, was actually a pretty good show for was Willie it? Nelson the other night. So I'm wow. glad to see. He can barely hold his breath, though. Yeah, well, they say he's actually pretty good. And so what, you know, his son. Uh, it's pl- probably because he's given his lungs That's a right. break. That's what exactly right. right. Yeah. And he is 90 years old. I was going to say, I think he was closer 90. to 90. Yeah. So I'll be uh, damned. I mean, That's incredible. That's crazy. And to have that old guitar out there, that old Martin guitar with the hole in it trigger. That's his guitar yeah. trigger to that, have it. That baby's been around just, forever. Just to know that Willie Nelson and Trigger were less than five miles from my house. Right. Kind of as cool. When I was a little kid, when you'd go to concerts, not little kid, 15, and you knew Van Halen or Ozzy. Right. Or whoever Deep Purple was in town. It was just kind of a cool thing to know that they were right, they up, were there. The, right up the street from my house. Sandstone. And getting ready to play, you know, yeah. it was... I don't know. I mean, so, to think that he's putting on concerts absolutely. at the age of 90. Yeah. And his I son, mean, that, that's that's crazy. Willie's son does a lot with him, too, obviously. You know, he comes up and plays right. a lot of that stuff and, and yeah. stuff. I but, saw Willie one time at the fair in Sedalia back in, this was at the height of oh, his yeah. career back in the early 80s. Yeah. And that place was as packed as I've ever seen it. I remember my dad. He was my, as big as, as anybody in music back then. One of the right. most vivid pictures that i have of my mom still with my mom and dad is still together my mom was, was my mom in her cowboy hat my dad in her cat his cowboy hat going to the willie and Waylon show <laughs> and at kemper or was it kemper i believe and uh had those giant cowboy boots and you know what they used to put in there they used to sneak their beers in those cowboy boots they put bottle long bottle of neck and they put two beers in each bottle each boot and they would go that's back before that's they, the old days and they would and i but i've got a picture before they searched you all over that's right and right. there's a picture of my mom i've got the star at home a picture of my mom in the crowd that crazy with her cowboy hat on all done up in the star reviewing the willie and Whalen show so that's right that photo is uh etched into my head willie nelson wrote uh, maybe the most famous country song of all time that patsy klein patsy made klein famous sang it, yeah. called crazy he right. wrote that song yeah. and it took a long time for her to even want to do it she didn't even want to do that song. she didn't want to sing it uh-uh. <laughs> she did hey uh, uh brian brown surpassed doug wolfgang up there at uh the all-time winners list at knoxville this weekend yeah he had work that? to do it too it looked like early in the race he was as far back as fifth and then 
he ran down uh, the guys in front of him, and once he got out in front, he pretty much checked out. Yeah, big uh, milestone win for Brian Brown. He's now number two behind his uncle Danny on the all-time win list at Knoxville. 61 do, wins. Do you think he'll catch him? No. No, not a chance. Why Why would you say that? Brian Brown is not an old man. He's got to make up how many? 39, or he's got to make up 40-some wins on Danny over the next, how many years has Brian got in him to race? I, I, I'm not sure Brian's going to be giving up anytime soon. I don't think he catches Danny. You don't think he catches Danny? No. I don't. Hmm. He might even admit that. That that that'd be a pretty hard run. Well, he beat Davy Haskin um, and uh, Carson McCarl the other night. Those are your three top podium yeah. finishers. So and Brian's not even running every week at Knoxville now. He he still he he won enough to win a championship without running all the races at Knoxville. He's done that more than year. once, Kirk. Yeah, he's he's won the championship up there at Knoxville without running every race right. for the last two or three years. I don't think he makes up Danny's all time win number. Mm. I just don't think that's going to happen. Right. But the biggest race of the weekend, Scott, I was at at Belleville, the High Banks. Right. That was the biggest race, not only of this weekend, the year, and I'm going to say one of the Greatest motorsports experiences in my lifetime is what I witnessed from the grandstand at Belleville High Banks the other night. Man, that's a big statement, Kurt. Yeah. You know, I can As think they back. Say in Pulp Fiction, that's a bold statement. That is a bold back, statement. Right? I can think of back on the fingers of my hand, probably four or five big moments in my life of racing. Uh, the first one was when I first went to a race. The second one is when I went to Knoxville and watched guys like Jan Opperman and Doug Wolfgang, uh, people like that, put on a show. Uh, the third experience has to be the first time I saw a top fuel dragster go down the track at KCIR. Another one was my first time at the Indianapolis 500. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other night at Belleville was an experience that stands out in my lifetime of one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And I've not seen Silver Crown racing all that. I think there's only one other time I saw Silver Crown race. That was at IRP on the pavement uh, many, many, many years ago. But what I witnessed at Belleville the other night is how many cars they had? They had 24 cars that started that race. They started out the weekend with 30. I think six of them went home. You know, tires using engine problems and things of that nature. But they started 24 cars the other night. I was pretty impressed with Wayne Johnson's effort. Yeah, yeah. he was running up in the top five. Yeah, he was when he uh, connected with. But uh, he's got some laps around that racetrack yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. But they, it's it's cool the way they do the Silver Crown cars. Uh, they look like sprint cars, but they're just a lot bigger, like seventy gallon fuel tanks. Kirk, most most of our listeners know what yeah. a Silver Crown car is. Anyway, they start they bring all the cars out on the front straightaway, and you they got to be self starting. You got to self start these cars, uh, 
or you go to the back. You can be if you pushed off, you got to go to the back of the pack. And so uh, Pat Sullivan, who we'll have on here just a little bit, is uh, counting down. You know, gentlemen, start your engines, and they all fire up the engines. Right. And if you've never been to Belleville High Banks, this this is a place you got to go to. This is about as unique a half mile racetrack as any you'll see in the country. But they were ripping the top of this track, Scott, the other night. And the rumble of these engines, yep. that was as cool a thing as I've seen in a long, long time. And to watch Cody Swanson jump out to the early lead, and then the battle between Brady Bacon and Justin Grant, they were pulling slide jobs unlike anything that you've seen on a half-mile racetrack. And the battle that Brady Bacon and Justin Grant had was as classic racing as you'll ever see. Brady got the better end of the deal. Justin Grant got up into the fence. We tried to get a hold of Brady today, but um, we haven't got a response from him. He's probably sleeping. Probably he sleeping. He had a busy weekend. Right, right. No Three nights he was at Sweet Springs last night. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. But the uh, Justin Grant, Tried to pull a move on Brady Bacon and got up into the fence and upside down. Brady was able to pull away and win. That's his he was lucky he didn't Delta. tear up his car. It's yeah, very fortunate he didn't get his car ripped up. But uh, Brady Bacon pulls off his first win at Belleville. He never won a Belleville Midget Nationals. Yeah, but he won the other night. All right. Silver Crown car, and it was a show. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll get you a date where they're going to be racing at the the next event. CMS next weekend. CMS next weekend. Okay, all right. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Pat Sullivan is going to join us here on the show. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy. I love racing, boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. Get her done! Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. He's Kirk Elliott. We're the Racing Boys. Todd Surprise running the show for us here today. And joining us now is one of our favorite guests. Each and every time he's on the show with us, Pat Sullivan. Pat, how you doing? Hello, Pat. Yeah, hi. How you doing? Hey, how you how you doing, buddy? You doing all right? I'm great. Yeah, doing really really well. Thank you. You know, Kirk went on a uh, 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 a a rant here just a few minutes ago, saying that the the most excited he's been in many years was watching the Silver Crown cars run around Belleville High Banks. What well, what do you think about it? Well, it was both it was both exhilarating and terrifying. Um, you know, the the funny thing is, and you've all experienced this when you when you actually also have relationships with these people, and you consider some of them your friends. You're you're a little concerned about their well being, but they're professionals doing yeah. what they do. I thought it was an incredibly significant race. I think I thought it was significant for Belleville, which is a place I love. Um, the only time I've ever seen um, anything last year at Port Royal, Logan Seavey and Matt Westfall had an interesting battle, but it was a battle that was apart from one another. Logan was right in the rim, and and uh, Matt was tr protecting the bottom. It was very different. 
We had a race like that in Eldora at Fork Run a couple of years ago involving C.J. Leary and Kevin Thomas, and there was another actor there. I don't remember who it was. But those banks are so foreboding, and um, and it was there's such ferocity that it was, um, yeah, it was it. I wasn't going to sleep anytime soon. I can tell you that after it was over. Yeah, <laughs> Pat, Pat, I got to tell you, I, I'm sitting in the grandstands, and I, you know, I've I've gone to races since I was 10 years old. I mean, you got to go right. back to the mid 60s. I've watched a lot of racing, and I've been to Belleville a lot. I've seen a lot of Belleville Midget Nationals over the years. Yeah. But what I witnessed the other night stands out as one of the great motorsports experiences of my lifetime. I think I told you that last night, and it is real. It's it's not hyperbole. That was as thrilling an experience as I've ever had watching racing. Yeah, I you know, and and naturally if if it would have gone if it would have gone to checkered without the incident, it, it may it's in the conversation as the greatest silver crown race of all time. And I've seen Good God, how many? I don't know, 130, maybe more. Um, it, it would go that. It, it's still one of the great Silver Crown races of all time. And the fit, and even the finish, particularly you can say this now because nobody got hurt, added right. to the drama of it. And speaking to both guys at Sweet Springs, you know, neither has an issue with the other. Um you know, Brady made the comment, he says, just the way things were, he says he knew that uh, Justin can see him. But when Justin made the move, Justin Grant made the move, I thought it was going to work. Now, I don't, I'm not telling you he was going to win the race, but I thought he had Brady Bacon pinned behind Chase Stockton. So I thought it was a brilliant move. And I think Brady was surprised at how well he got off of four. But the other dimension that goes into that equation are the com- the combatants, I mean, Justin Grant is tenacious. We all know that. Brady Bacon didn't win four championships in USAC sprint cars by being silly. Right. You look at his record of top five finishes, it is astronomical. He's a smart guy. I mean, he was a National Merit Scholar. Um, he, he, uh, he takes care of his equipment. He doesn't make bold moves. And I think he told me that his dad, Leon Bacon, called him and said, I didn't think you had that kind of thing in you. And so I don't think Justin thought Brady would make that move. Um, But he did. And he did come off of four. And they ran out of racing real estate, and they knew it. And um, Justin, Justin is a championship contender in Silver Crown. Brady's not just because he's not racing them all. But um, Justin, I think, as we've learned over the years, he's not thinking about points. He's thinking about the glory. Yeah. So what, it was something when occurred. I mean, huh. for me, when it unfolded, the accident unfolded, just the way it hit, I was really pretty sh- sure immediately that Justin was fine. He had scrubbed enough speed off it. He described himself as vibrating after the, <laughs> after the, <laughs> after the incident. It probably- the funny thing is, yeah, Jerry Coons Jr. came and helped him, and Justin did say for a moment he was confused because he says, where did Jerry come from? Jerry's Was was Jerry in the race? Well, Jerry, Jerry wasn't in the race. He was just watching. Mm-hmm. So 
That was something. I think we'll. I think Kirk, I think you'll agree. We'll remember this one for a long time, won't we? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, no I, and and I knew it at the time. I, I'm thinking to myself, I, I this is not real. Am I? Am I? Am I dreaming this, or, right. or am I? Is this real? That's what I was thinking watching right. it go down. L- let me add another piece to this too that it's going to get, I think, and easily forgotten. I called Richie Murray of USAC when I was doing my prep, and we looked at the the previous Silver Crown races there, and Tracy Hines' track record was way ahead of anybody else's. Mm -hmm. So I said, Richie, I'm trying to remember, was the track really heavy that night? Or, which happens from time to time, you guys know this, sometimes the timing of scoring is not calibrated correctly. Um, We used to get in this in Texas with IndyCar sometimes. Right. And... And so I thought that that record was maybe an anomaly, that it really wasn't accurate, to be honest with you. And then Cody Swanson comes out and breaks the track record with about as aggressive and a breathtaking qualifying lap. I mean, I think we were all watching with one eye closed because we're going, my gosh, he's up there attacking that bank. Right. And uh, it was all of it. And and just, and you guys know this, to me, Belleville is a national treasure, treasure to me. And as not only as a native Kansan, but as a racing fan, that track is important. And they have to have signature events on the half mile. Otherwise, it's not the Belleville High Banks. And while that race was going on, I went to Brady and I went to Justin yesterday and said, guys, that was not only a great race, but what you did for the Belleville High Banks last night, you cannot put a dollar value on that. Right. Because that made that special. And the, and the fair board was smiling from ear to ear. Thought it was a great night. Let me ask you a question. Because sure. when, they, when they said it on the PA speaker last night, that they would like to bring the midgets back to the big track. I don't think that ever happened to you. I don't, but it's an interesting question. Um, because two drivers came. I had two spontaneous conversations, one with Jay Drake at Belleville. And I had one with Chad boat yesterday. Now, Chad boats, won the Belleville midget nationals and Jay's, right. you know, one of the all time greats. Jay was telling me about literally driving on literally, literally on top of the guardrail as only Jay Drake can describe something in his deadpan way. And I'm slack John listening to the story and they both said they would do it. And, um, and then I pressed Chad a little bit more on that because to be honest with you, Levi Jones and I had a conversation after the last mention nationals. And I said, well, I forgot what the car count was, guys, but let me make it up a number. I'm, I'm, so I'm close. I said, well, we had 25 cars. And he said eight of them didn't need to be there, Didn't that eight of them shouldn't have been there. Mm. And that was probably accurate. But what Chad said was that those eight guys that didn't belong there also don't right, run the proper line there. So they're a non-factor. Right. He said the problem is, if you've got it, are the people who are overconfident. And, you know, I, 
I don't think he necessarily was saying the young driver. But, you know, I went to a race at the High Banks of Salem years ago with my friend Dave Cassidy. Dave Cassidy was Tony Holman's personal secretary and Tony George of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway's godfather. He was a great friend of Dwayne Carter. So he had been around racing all his life. He was a really great friend of Mary Holman George. Right. And he, I took him to Salem, and we had a sprint image of doubleheader, and he stood up and he said, Pat, these young people don't understand the consequences of what they are doing, <laughs> which was a great line. Uh, you know, so, we, we see. I, I don't know, but the modern midget is so fast now, guys. You know, we see a lot of that in midget racing right now, don't we? We see a lot of young people that haven't experienced big hits in race cars and don't know what it feels like when they take a big hit in a race car. And we see yeah. a lot of that. And and I think it, it, it comes from go-kart racing, to be honest with you. I think these kids yeah. start out in go-kart racing. They knock each other out of the way all the time. And then when they make it up to the midget ranks, that they, they do the same stuff. Do you agree with me on that? I do. I, I do to a large extent. Now, Chad Christner made the point last night, and I agreed with him. Then I thought last night uh, they ran really sort of respectfully at a one six mile oval in Sweet Springs. But I think that and the, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the correct name. I'm a little deprived of sleep here. But but the carts that they run out in, like uh, Cycle Land and Red Bluff in, in California, uh, that are really, really quick and dirty. That, Outlaw carts. Uh, uh, yeah, those, and yeah. And, and I think I think there are, the old idea that you're on a line has gone away. And, and sometimes there's a lack of respect factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's take two things you said. Years ago, when um, Kerry Agajanian, who's been involved in racing for a long time, mm-hmm. when there was the rise of the development pro- program in um, NASCAR with young drivers, I would sometimes get a call and say, what can you tell me about this driver? And I had two things that were litmus tests to me when I was making a report. The first one was, how do they do against guys who are racing for their dinner? Okay. (laughs) You know, so like, for example, in USAC now, well, guess what? Thomas Mesereau and Justin Grant, Brady Bacon, I'm just naming a few, they're racing for their dinner. That's what they do for a living. Right. They're not worried about the next level. The next level has come and gone. They are doing what they can to provide for their families, and they're very serious about it. They're, you know, and they're not thinking I can just roll out another car. They are racing for their Denver dinner. Right. That's the one thing. The other one was, what you hit on, Scott, was have they taken a big hit? And after they take, they've taken the big hit, do they come back from it? Now, some never do. Some are never the same after they've had a big crash. They're right, not. Right. Some don't learn from the big crash. Others get a whole lot smarter. So you're right. That's all part of it. Um, but I think sometimes um, we had a – part of that conversation with Chad Boat, I told him that I had gone – to Winchester Speedway, I drove up with Dick Jordan and USAC and Tony Stewart. And Tony sort of admitted that Winchester scared him a little bit. And um, Dick Jordan said something like, well, Tony, it's a dangerous track. 
And, you know, you've, you've got things sort of sewn up here. If you don't feel like racing, you don't race it. And, and Tony Stewart, one of the great lines said, Dick, all racetracks are dangerous. And that's 100% right. true. Yeah, no doubt. Right? Yeah, no doubt and about so it. You, it, you got to respect all of them. It, so your point, Scott, I think is a good one. Yeah. Um, and it's where you have to have veteran leadership and people that are willing to listen and learn that can go up and say, that's not how you race. Right. You know, um, or you give them a nudge and they turn around and you say, you don't do that anymore. Right. But you had to have, I mean, I'm saying this even though Brady and Justin Grant crashed ultimately while going for a win, but there was still respect out there. I think Kirk would agree. There was still respect out there in that silver crown race no matter how close they ran. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, look at Wayne Johnson. I mean, Wayne Johnson, who is obviously no spring chicken, um, he was going forward. And you could tell this is the guy who's raced here. He understands what's going on. So it, 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 there's a lot of dynamics in what happened over the last two days. Yeah, I, I was pretty uh, surprised that Mario Clauser, uh, he, he had that right rear flat. It, and – we saw some tires starting to come apart last night. I was afraid that we were going to turn into a tire show last night. Were you a little concerned Saturday about that? Night, yeah. yeah. Saturday night. Of course night. I was. Yeah. You know, and, and of course. And, and by the way, interestingly, you bring that up because we had a race like that last year at DeCoin. We had a fuel and a tire race. Now, to me, it was intriguing. Uh, the great Donald Davidson, the historian of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I had a conversation once about the reliability of the modern Indy car. And he said, yeah, but I don't like it, which kind of took me by surprise. Like, well, what? And he goes, he goes, there was always the mystique at the end. Is, is this car going to hang together? You know, and we, we know Mario's misfortune. We know Gary Bettenhausen. And so that the coin race was a little bit like that. Um, but do you want that all the time? Of course you don't. And so you bring that up, Scott, and one of the competitors, one of the mechanics apparently approached Kurt Spurgeon Usak and said, well, why don't we run 100 laps here at Belleville? And he said, I don't know if the tires can stand 100 laps here at Belleville. Well, you know, we already had trouble with some. So, you know, the quest is the same even on the banks. You got to try to keep the car straight. You can't punish the tires. That's part of Silver Crown racing. But did I have concerns? Oh, you bet. Yeah, I did. Yeah, no. When doubt. I saw Clousers and then I saw the strip on Wayne Johnson's, I went, "Oh no, I hope this doesn't become a problem." Um, in the end, I don't think it did. Uh, why it did for some and not others, I don't know. Hey, Pat. Before I went to Belleville the other night, I've been over there many times, but. I don't think before I went into Belleville on Saturday night, I really understood what the locals and the people who are passionate about the high banks were saying about preserving that racetrack. After that race the other night, I get it now. The, the significance well, you know, really of what we saw. I had a, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kurt. No, I'm just saying the significance of what we witnessed the other night, I get what they were saying about preserving the high banks of Belleville. I really do too, and and here's the deal. I mean, first of all, let, let me let me um, make a comment that um, I think is pretty significant because there's a fair lot lot of internet noise that the midget feature was not up to snuff. 
and, and it wasn't great. Right. Um, but the first thing the Fairboard people came and talked to USAC about was what we can do to improve that little track. What equipment can we get to prepare that track in a way that it, it provides multi-groove racing? So right off the bat, they want to make that better. But to the original point, I talked to one of the fair board members a few years ago, and I think it was one of the Meltons who owned the car dealership up there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're still on the board or not, but nonetheless. Um, and they said to me something that just absolutely stuck with me. And he said, look, if a lot of people say we should just forget it and run that little track. If we run that little track, we're not the Belleville High Banks. What we are is a little racetrack in the middle of central Kansas. That's right. all we are. We're nothing more than that. We're not special. The, the Belleville High Banks is special. And it is. Um, and because you go through the list of winners, I mean, uh, it's just so stunning. So that's the first thing I thought of. When I, when I watched that race unfold, I thought, you know, not, not not that, you know, I know they run the 305s out there, and they, and they do a nice job. I've been to the Nationals for that. They do a nice job. I don't want to take any way, thing away from those people at all. But you, you but you need a couple of big events on that mile, on that half-mile weather, to make that the Belleville High Banks. And that was the first thing I thought was, this is, this is such a great day. And the fair board members that I talked to were smiling ear to ear, we had a really nice crowd on Saturday, and we had a pretty darn good one on Friday. Uh, so I think everybody left almost sky high uh, because we we saw a classic event, and we saw something that was so important for a really historically significant racetrack. Yeah. Do you think we'll have the Silver Crown cars back there again next year? Oh, really? Do you think? I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think that's a slam dunk. I mean... Yeah. And you know, back to that point, I made this 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 uh, comment over the uh, uh, PA. I, I I mentioned a time that I went to you know the the, the second Yankee Stadium. No, not not that I've been in the new one, but I was right. the second Yankee Stadium. And, and you all know I'm a Royals fan, so I'm hardwired to hate the Yankees. So <laughs> I'm I, I'm at that I'm at Yankee Stadium, and I sit there and I look at that field and I'm going. DiMaggio played here, Gehrig played here, Ruth played here, Mantle played here. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. Any way you slice it, it may not be your team, but that's hallowed ground. That's the Belleville High Banks for me. That's hallowed ground. I mean, that's one of those places you go out at night and you stand there, the ghosts will come, and you'll hear them. And when that race was over, I mean, not only as a racing person, but as a Kansan, I'm going – this is exactly the shot of adrenaline this place needed. Uh, that the Silver Crown cars, I'm sure, will be back. Uh, I'm just so you could tell I'm so pumped up about it. Oh, no question. And you know, uh, there is no more impressive list of drivers on a signature event of any outside the Indianapolis 500 or mm-hmm. you know Daytona 500, or whatever. There's no more impressive list of drivers than looking down at the past winners of the Belleville Midget Nationals of any event in the country. Oh, it's it's it it is, you know, like for, like for example, one of on the way back last night, 
someone said to me, I forget totally that Jack Hewitt won this race. And I said, yeah, I was there. He won his running car. Um, and, and I still consider this day the Jeff Gordon win, even though as a race, if you want to talk about it from a race, on one hand it was a stinker because he lapped everybody with Steve Knepper. Right. But I can still see him going down that first turn and smacking the guardrail and never lifting and passing four cars. You know, for all the noise around Jeff Gordon that came on NASCAR, and uh, I don't even know how to capture the the anti-Jeff Gordon faction, anytime somebody said that, all I thought to myself was, I saw that kid win a Belleville. So he doesn't have to say anything more to me other than that kid is good and that kid is brave. Right. And he is on that list. And th- th- that list, I mean, I stood there when we first arrived. Well, we actually went by on the evening. The next morning on Friday, I stood right there, I took a picture of it. I, I saw those, that list of winners there. And I thought, my goodness, look at, look at those winners. And, and I think about some of the drivers that you saw last night. Brady Bacon is going to be in the National Sprinter Hall of Fame. You can write it down. Oh, yeah. He's no in the USAC Hall of Fame. Justin Grant's going to be in Halls of Fame. Jerry Coons Jr. is going to be in Midget Halls of Fame. I mean, you know, sometimes we forget that history's right in front of us. And I've just done that up. Cody Swanson is obviously going to be in Halls of Fame. Yeah. Um, and they were there. And, and they're now and, part of the history of that oval. It and just, the current the current stars, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, were winners at Belleville. Well, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it's. It, it, I I used to say, I, I used to get the biggest bang out of this. I, I had a, I have a friend named Dean Martin who I first went to that racetrack in the in the early eighties, and, and let me be sort of um, sly here with my comment. He will forever be a part of the Belleville High Banks. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. I was a part of that operation. Yeah. Um, but I remember one time I was up there with him, and we would we would, and the fair is so special up there. And the fair'd come, and you'd see a guy come up, and he's got a brand new pair of key overalls that he's bought for the fair, and he sits down. And I told Dean Martin once, if you went this racetrack every year and you did that for decades, you would know a lot about auto racing history just by being at Belleville. And that's the point you're making, Kirk, and it's so true. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Let me talk to you off the record here a little bit about um, Kirk and I were just having a debate a little bit earlier on the show about will Donnie Schatz pick up 11th championship? Do you think he can do it? Oh, I think he can. Um, you know, Willie, uh, that's the question, but he seems to have found, um, he seems to have found the brass ring again. Yeah. Um, it, 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 hey, listen, it's the same thing. Not that Brad Sweet or Logan Shuhart or some of these, you know, the other contenders don't do that, but Donnie Schatz, you know, my my longtime announcing partner in Indiana, Brad Dickinson's dad built um, sprint cars primarily, Silver Crown Midgets, but many sprint cars had a business called Competition Welding. And he had a saying that he used all the time about drivers he admired. And he'd say, he'd look at you and he says, buddy, I'm just telling you, that guy loads the car up on the trailer and he steps to the pay window. And what he meant was night after night, 
He's in the money. His car's in one piece, and he's going down the road. Right. And just like I talked about Brady Bacon, that's Donnie Schatz. He loads up the car. He steps up to the pay window. And if you can do that over the long haul, you've got a chance. You've got a puncher's chance. Right. You know, the biggest issue as, as, as a driver goes on their career, you both know this, um, one of the things is your eyesight. You know, how good is your eyesight anymore? Right. So how, how quickly can you read the track? Um, the great Donnie Kreitz, who's in the National Sprinter Hall of Fame, told me that he started missing his marks by four or five or six inches. He said, the people in the stands can never see that, but I knew it. In other words, I, could, I was not consistently hitting my marks. And you can't do that with the world of outlaw boys. No, no you can't. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can, uh, because you're going to be like you're tied to the post and they've gone by you. So does he have a chance? He does. Um, Would I put the most money on him? I probably wouldn't. Uh, But I'd be interested in Johnny Gibson's take on that, although he probably wouldn't tell you. Yeah, 120 points back. That's the... That's the big issue. 156 points out. Is he 156 out? That's the big issue. Oh, by the way, Brad Sweet is a former winner at Belleville, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, we had to throw yeah, that 156 in. is a lot of points right. to give up. You know? And by the way, it reminds me of what happened at, at Belleville when you really understand the bigger picture. I, I got in the car and I said, you, do, you, you guys do know that Cody Swanson won that race. Right. And the point being is Brady Bacon's not going for the championship. Justin Grant is. C.J. Leary is. They yeah. both had problems. Tyler Roaring is. He's, you know, he's going to give up some points on the dirt. Taylor Ferns had trouble. You can go through the list of everybody's going to run right. the whole series. Well, guess what's it about? It's it's about getting points, right? And Cody Swanson got points. Pull most laps, finishes on the podium. That's how he does it. So you're right, guys. 156 points, a lot to make up. Yeah. Somebody's going to have major misfortune. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let me, let me ask you this. You mentioned people that should be in the Hall of Fame. Should Jesse Hockett be in the Hall of Fame? That's a hard one for me to judge um, because it, it to me, it, it gets to be a, a funny issue in terms of it's a little bit like baseball to me, and that is that um, you have these stats guys, these analytics guys, right, and. And sometimes you want to say to them, numbers don't tell you the whole story. Right. The numbers tell you a story, but they don't tell you the whole story. Um, Joey Ray's going into the Hall of Fame. Joey Ray won three features in his entire career. You can write that down, three. I know he did. But his significance as a human being and a racer of the sport is what mattered. That's what people have to judge with Jesse because what made Jesse so unique was he ran wing, non-wing pavement, dirt. It didn't matter. He could do it all. He could do it all well. Yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Jesse Hockett fan. The problem for me when it comes to the Hall of Fame, and a lot of people don't understand this, is that it's so much of it is contextual. And, and what I mean by that is I have nominated people myself. I have. I have put them on the ballot, Right. And then the final ballot has come up, and I haven't even voted for the guy that I voted to get to the final ballot <laughs> because I've said, okay, well, yeah, 
this person gets the nudge. So it's really hard. So what do you guys think? I I, I think Jesse Hockett should be in the Hall of Fame. I do too, and for this very reason, uh, Pat, is because yeah. the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial is a special event as there is in the country. He's been he's not been with us now for thirteen years, but that that event draws these drivers back every year. And he was the and, last driver to win it at Manzanita. Yeah, and he, right. How about he, that? He won the Oval Nationals yeah. one year too, but uh, but this event is so special because of the type of person that Jesse Hockett was. That these drivers oh, yeah. in large numbers come back in both wing and non-wing to Lucas Hole Speedway every year to pay tribute to Jesse Hockett. Right, no doubt that about that. To yeah. me, yeah. is uh, the biggest. And, and, and let, let me tell you, I don't know if you know this, but Jesse Hockett was in our studio the night before his passing. I did not know yeah. that. No. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. I remember when I got the call, and it was a, it was, it was an absolute stunner. I mean, obviously, and then 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 how it unfolded. But you know what you're getting at, and I get this a lot, particularly uh, from drivers from the central part of the country. Who was your favorite driver, Jesse Hockett? Who did you look up to, Jesse Hockett? That's the sort of impact that Jesse Hockett had. I mean, I think there's, I think there's really a case to be made, and his his time may indeed come, and that would be, that would certainly be a joyous moment for a lot of people, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, I I hear a lot of people that kind of insinuate that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, and I I I just don't understand that myself. Oh, I I I think it's a right. it's a slam dunk in my opinion, just right. for the reasons that right. I right. laid out. Hey, uh, we're no, just let. Less than two weeks away from the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, you and Dave Argerbright going to be there right. once again. Uh, just kind of preview that we're less than two weeks away. Yeah, well, let's let's. It's going to be a great weekend, and of course, we've got a double hitter now with USAC there on Friday and Saturday night, and then you get the rest of the Knoxville show. So, as just as a fan, as a fan, I, I can't wait to get up there because you, you know, I. I just love going to Knoxville. I love seeing Bob Baker and the Hall of Fame uh, folks up there. And I think they've got a Williams Grove exhibit up there now that I can't they wait do. to see. Um, is that right? Yep, they do have the Williams Grove exhibit up there right now. Track yeah, trivia. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's going to be cool. But um, And then there's a roundtable that will be on the afternoon now on Friday. The Dave Hare, the announcer at BAPS Motor Speedway, he does a lot with the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing tries to it's like herding cats he tries to keep it in line and <laughs> if a lynn if a lynn paxton shows up or something like that it's a lost cause for dave he's a wonderful guy yeah. but that's a bench racing session which is an, an, an insulting session right. um you know because i went over to the high banks hall of fame and sat with people and and there's no more 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 fun than insulting friends, and, and we had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. But that takes place in the afternoon. And then we have the inductions, and you know we have the likes of Joey Saldana. Joey and his dad are going to be at Terre Haute Tuesday night. Little Joe's going to be the Grand Marshal, and Joey's going to come. So Joey's going to be there. Chad Kimenaugh, Corey Cruzman, obviously, from the West Coast is going to be there. Uh, we're going to honor Johnny Keeples Jr., Johnny Vance, a car owner and official that I knew very well, Alan Kreitzer from the East Coast. I I mentioned Joey Ray. Tommy Sanders, the great mechanic, Max Dolder, I may have said that, the photographer. But that is a really special event, and it's a special event because of all the Hall of Famers who come back. 
So if you're a fan of the sport, to be able to mingle with some of these greats um, and then take part of the uh, ceremony itself and then settle in for a night of racing in Knoxville. And, my gosh, the weather's got to be good for those poor people. They've had it like we have in Indiana. But that's going to be a lot of fun. It's obviously yeah. great for me to be able to do that with Dave. How about Brian, Brian Brown passing Wolfgang up at the all-time winners list up there at Knoxville? Isn't that something? Isn't that that's cool? That's funny you should say that because – Last night at Sweet Springs, to my right, looking at the booth, there was a guy with a Brian Brown uh, hoodie on, which makes sense, of course, uh, you know, given the area that we're in. But um, I, I, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes uh, when we get sort of fixated about the All-Stars, the World of Outlaws, USAC, ASCS, or some of the major sanctions, and we think that perhaps those wins are the only ones that matter. Well, that's, that's, that's BS. The fact that you have gone up to Marion County Fairgrounds and you have been so successful there at that imposing track and you passed Doug Wolfgang, I mean, Crazy. That, that's more than something to hang your hat on. Yeah. Uh, that makes you, that makes you an elite error. And I, and I like, I like I like Brian immensely. I like the way he approaches his work. I like the way he handles himself professionally. I like how he uh, leverages and activates his sponsors. He is a very very polished professional race driver. Right, and so multiple that, second place the, finishes at the Knoxville National. Let, let me let me ask you this, Pat. Yeah, because this was a, a little bit of a debate that Kirk and I had a little bit earlier. Will he catch Danny the Dude Lasowski in the all-times wins list? Is he going to race that long, do you think? You know better than I, because I don't have the chance to interact with him enough. Right. I would think myself, if that, <laughs> given the fact we're talking family here, if, if, if I saw that carrot out there on the horizon, I think it would be very tempting to do it. But I know the way he has approached his program in the past is he pays attention to the base of his sponsors and he never sort of ties him down to one thing. So if, for example, he's got a sponsor that's, you know, got something going in Jackson, Minnesota, he goes, Jackson. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'd try to go for it. How about you guys? Oh, me too. I would absolutely have to go for it. I don't know how long he plans on racing his career. I mean, he's he's what is he in his forties now? Uh, yeah, I'd probably right, right there. Right, right. So I, I'm thinking that he's probably going to race another seven, eight years. And I think that he might have a chance at doing it. And you, you know, the irony is that is Danny helped him out on the race as his crew chief for the last few years up until. Oh, and has year. has had a big has had a big influence on him. And and I did an article on Brian a few years ago, and basically he said Danny's the one who taught him how to race smarter. Right. You know, uh, I mean, look, it's like it, we see this all the time. Everyone wants to be a cowboy and get up there on the cushion and shoot, you know, a fountain of clay over the fence and have the fans ooh and ah. But what really matters is if you're standing on the podium at the end of the night and you're talking to a trophy queen. Right. That, that's what pays. That's what pays off. And he sort of says, Danny sort of taught him that, which was he said I'd be out there flailing around, being a hero, and I look over and there's Danny. 
putting around on the bottom, and I look. You know, it reminds me, I played golf with my dad when my dad was about 88 years old, and he's hitting these drives that are like 10 feet off the ground, and they bounce <laughs> 75 times, right? You know, and I'm hitting the ball, and it's going left, then it's right, it's going far. And we added up at the end of the day, and he's beat me by seven strokes because yeah. he just kept it straight, you know. And, and that's the sort of thing that, that I think Danny taught Brian to do. Um, so, but, yeah, I think he's got to go for it. Uh, you know, what uh, Brian told me is that Danny made him run the bottom better. He, he's, yes. Uh, uh, dude, as everybody knows, dude was a bottom feeder, and – he he actually made Brian a better bottom feeder than he has been in. Nobody did it better years. on the bottom at Knoxville nobody, than Danny Losowski. Nobody did it better. No, no. But but the point is, of course, is that you've got to go where the racetrack is mm-hmm. to the best that you can. And and the driver who just gets stuck on one thing is never going to be good. It's the short way around. I remember I saw a, 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 you know the the forerunner of uh, or the, the 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 predecessor of IMCA was a group called the National Speedways Contest Association. Yep. Robert Lawton and Dave Van Patten had it. And they tried to replicate what the IMCA was. And I went to Riverside, and I was with someone, and, and John Stevenson out of Minnesota won the race on the Titan Miles Thirty One, and he ran. He put it right on the bottom of Riverside, and a person next to me said, "That's cheating." <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, the well, idea is to get to the checkered flag and the number of laps the fastest as anybody else. It's not cheating. It was smart. Yeah, no and, doubt. And Danny was smart about that. But uh, yeah, that's that's going to be fun to watch that. Pat, I hope he's there. I love to see Brian race there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pat, we appreciate you taking the time. Oh, I love to, it, guys. Uh, we, it's just always great when you're on the show and it, a wealth of knowledge, and we, we can't thank you enough for being on the show yeah, with us today. Yeah, it was today. a special weekend. and glad to hear you on the PA it was. all weekend. Thank you for sharing it with me, guys, and I really appreciate everything you do for us. You bet. Deeply, I really do. So all right. Anytime, give me a call. All right. Thanks, thank Pat. you, Pat. Thank you, Bill. That was awesome. All right. We're going to take a break. Man, that was a long. Yeah, that, that was a long segment right there. That was great. There, there's nobody with a wealth of knowledge, other than maybe Kirk Elliott. No, that, no, he's that has the, that has the 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 mind to remember everything that went on in his life. Me personally, I can't remember shit. Just uh, it, it, it's, I've had too many concussions. Well, it's pretty easy to say what I witnessed on Saturday night. You can count on one hand of the experiences that I've had in racing that stands out, and that was one of them. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Rod and Supply. They're racing at CMS this weekend, right, Kurt? Yep. Two nights, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Oh, they're going to race two nights down there. Now, I need to look at the lightning sprints if they're on the card for both nights. I know one of the nights they're on down there. We'll try to check that out. All right. We'll check it out. All right. Uh, It's all brought to you by Rod and Supplies featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, all brought to you by Rod and Supply. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. He's Kirk Elliott. Todd Surprise running the show for us here today. Want to remind everybody what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They're going to give away a 2023 Z06 with the Z07 Performance Package. It's a pearl white Metallica tricoat color. And they're also going to give you $25,000 in cash. You can see the car on the screen right now. If you're looking at it, if you're watching this show right now, if you're listening to it, um, you can't see the car. But um, anyway, it's it's got the uh, 760 horsepower 5.5 LT6 V8 engine in it. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic. It's got all the big brakes, 
the larger tires on it. It's got the aero package on it as well. And you can win this car by going to winaz06corvette.com, winaz06corvette.com. And if you want to buy anything from the uh, the 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 studio up there that they have, you can do that by winning um, or, or, or going to sprintcarstuff.com. Sprintcarstuff.com if you want to buy anything from the uh, – the, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. All right, let's bring him on right now. Chase Rodman joins us on the show. How you doing, Chase? Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, just uh, made my way back here to California for the first time in a couple months, getting things in order. Haven't been here in a while. Got the car cleaned up today and just kind of hanging out, waiting to get to uh, get back to racing this weekend. How, how's it feel to get back home? Uh, it, it feels good, uh, except for how hot it is here right now. It's it's pretty darn hot. We went golfing yesterday, and I'm pretty sure I got third-degree burns um, out on the golf course. But other than that, uh, it's good <laughs> to be back. Well, well, do you play a lot of golf, do you, Chase? I did the uh, last week. I don't know what got into me, but I played um, whatever – 54 plus 9 is. So I played three rounds of 18. I played nine yesterday. So I played a lot last week, um, and I don't get any better. The problem is I use a different set of clubs. I rent them every time. So I played four rounds of golf with four different sets of clubs. Oh, wow. How about that? Um, Yeah. Let's talk about Donnie Schatz picking up his second win this year. Um, Man, that was a pretty big, pretty dominating performance, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was just a great weekend overall for him. Uh, you know, exciting finish at Attica Friday. And then, yeah, dominating, uh, to say the least, uh, on Saturday at Sharon. You know, the race for second. Uh, if Donnie wasn't leading, that might have been the race of the year, uh, you know, when those guys were going at it. So, um, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and I I tweeted it uh, yesterday that uh, I think, or maybe it was the day before that, but I, I think, I really think that he is not out of this championship yet. I agree. Um, only 21 races in. We still got a long ways to go. A couple of breaks go his way. And if he stays as fast as he is right now, I, I really see him being a factor later on this year. Yeah. That, that race between Carson Macedo, Shots, and Gravel, man, that was a hell of a race, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you throw uh, – uh, who else was in there? Sheldon was in there also. Um, it was – or. Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome, man. Um, I love going to Sharon. I love going to Attica. Uh, I think just Ohio in general, man. It's got some of the best tracks, um, you know, in in the country. And we go there. I want to say we raced there either eleven or thirteen times this year in the state of Ohio. Um, they got some of the best tracks, kind of like Indiana, kind of like Illinois. Uh, all those places got some of the best tracks, and uh, we're going back again this weekend. Uh, yeah, boy, you're going to be crisscrossing the country. State Line Speedway, That's where. where is that located? State Line, I believe that is in New York, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Oh, wow. man. I'm not sure. California I think I'm looking at the York. wrong schedule here. I think I'm looking at, uh, oh, no, you're at Atomic this weekend. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atomic this weekend, then uh, we run there Friday, Saturday. Then on Monday, yeah. we run Lawrenceburg. And then we drive from Lawrenceburg to uh, to North Dakota to go run 
out there. I want to say it's River Cities and, and Red River Valley. So pretty busy coming up here soon. Yeah, yeah I brought up the entire world, the late models. That's what I was looking at. So Atomic Speedway, they have some pretty good action man, there as that, well. That's a great racetrack, yeah. really. Oh, man. I, I went there for the first time last year. And it's it's up there in my you know top ten favorite tracks. Uh, the qualifying session was insane. Uh, they were like wall tapping in three and four. Um, and you know I've watched a lot of videos prior to going for there for the first time. And you have no idea the banking at that place until you actually go there and stand at the top of the racetrack and turn two. It is absolutely insane how much banking that place has. Mm. Um, you know it, it's so funny that. It, Kirk and I, we had this little debate a little bit earlier in the show about Donnie Schatz contending for the championship this year. And I think absolutely. But how many races do you have this year? Um, how many races total? Yeah. Um, well, a total of, I, I can't remember the exact number, 80-something, 80 85 maybe, but we've already rained out quite a few, and you got to account for probably another five or eight more rain out throughout the year right so right uh i think it roughly works out to maybe around like 73 75 maybe something like that well the big question is how many are left now for donnie shots to make up a hundred and how much 156 points, 150 points but, uh, but i think he can do it that, that but that means brad sweet would have to have a really run of bad races would he not yeah, and I don't really, you know, I think it's kind of gone under the radar, but I feel like Brad really hasn't been that fast. I mean, he won at Williams Grove. He started on the pole, but there's been quite a few instances recently where he started, you know, up in the first couple rows and went backwards. I mean, he went backwards at Attica. He went backwards at Sharon. Um, he, uh, you know, he obviously won at the Grove, which is not too tough if you got a decent car to win off the front row. Um but he hasn't really been insane uh, like we've seen him in the past. Um, and over the last couple of weekends, you know, with the misfortune for, for David and Carson, he's been able to catch them a little bit. Um, it's just can that speed stay with him here for the next couple of weeks? And, and like you said, you know, Brad's got to have a couple bad nights here and there. But, you know, we've seen it happen in the past. So uh, another good track for Donnie this weekend prior to last year. He ran six or seven races and never been outside the top five. He had like four wins at Atomic. So another chance maybe for him to pick up some more points on him. And yeah. he does know how to do this. He's done it ten times before. So yeah. that's what Donnie Schatz has got in his corner. Yeah, he's uh, and that's the thing, though. I think if it comes down to world finals, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's between Donnie and Brad. I think, you know, last year it was close between Brad and David going into the, to Charlotte, but I don't think David, or sorry, I don't think Brad was too worried about David, really. I mean, David's never won a championship, so he was probably pretty nervous about the points. But if it comes down to Brad and, and Donnie at, at World Finals, I oh, think Brad's going to be a little bit worried. Donnie's not going to feel the pressure. He's not going to be worried about winning. I mean, he's won 10 of them. He has nothing to prove. But um, And Donnie's super good at Charlotte, too. He won two races last year there. So um, I hope that's what happens. I hope it comes down to Donnie and Brad at World Finals, man. That would be uh, a pretty good rematch from when Brad won his first championship, what, 2019, I think, or 18, when he won by, like, two points. So yeah. uh, that'd be a pretty good matchup again. Brad finished uh, sixth at Hartford, and he finished ninth at Attica. So uh, it, yeah. that, that shows that it, that the speed is not there in his car as it should be. Well, yeah, and then as he raced at Attica, he started, you know, 
fourth and finished fifth. I mean, he almost didn't even make the show out of the heat race. He started 19th and, you know, got up to 10th or 9th, like you said, uh, passed a couple cars. But, you know, the cars he's passing are, are mostly, you know, those local drivers from around there. He wasn't passing, you know, Carson or Rico or Donnie or David. He's passing, you know, local drivers. So, um, you know, that car hasn't been as good as what – you know, we've seen it in the past, so yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think I think uh, we're going to have two or three guys fighting for this thing down the stretch here. Yeah, no doubt. And he, he finished fifth at Lincoln as well. So it, it just shows the consistency of him not being able to run up towards the front the last few races. Yeah, and that race at Lincoln, he started fifth too. So, I mean, he right. just kind of stayed where he was at. And then at Eldora... He started on the pole of the race. He finished fourth, and then on another one, he started fifth and finished eighth. So he's been going backwards more than forwards recently. Hey, talk about the challenge that they've had with this Ford Power, getting that to work. The restarts looked great the other night for Donnie Schatz, but that, that's been a real challenge to get this combination working with Ford over the last few years for Donnie Schatz. Seems like they've now gotten it to a great point right now, just – Talk about that process that they've been through for years now to get this to work. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of – We, I think we've said it a couple times over the last few years, like Donnie wins the Nationals last year. Oh, they've, they've got it figured out now. They've got the, the motor and the car all figured out, and, you know, then it, they go a long time without winning. And then the year before that, when he was trying to win his 300th, it's like, man, that they, they finally got the, the Ford working again. He finally got that 300th win, but then he'd go on another stretch where it's like taking a while to win, right? Um, but I was talking to him before the race, uh, at Attica and he's, he said something about how, you know, they were trying to have a big track motor and a, and a small track motor, but then recently they've been trying to run the big track motor on the small tracks and, and that seems to be working better. And that's kind of been their, what they've been doing recently. So maybe they do finally got it going. Uh, his last six races or seven races, average finish of 3.5. Um, and that's been on all kinds of tracks, Eldora, Lincoln, Attica, Sharon, all different sizes yeah. and shapes uh, at Williams Grove also. So maybe they really do this time have it figured out. I hope they do. I mean, there is a combination uh, to try to get good restarts off the engines. That's big in sprint car racing, and it's, it just seemed like Ford well, uh, took, uh, it took a little while to get that I, to work. I think Donnie said it as much is that he's got used to the – the the throttle and picking up the throttle with that new Ford motor. I think that was a, a really key situation for him, wasn't it? Yeah, I think what was the problem at the, at the kind of the beginning there was it just had too much power, right. you know, and um, Donnie's used to, you know, we were, we always say, you know, he looks like Donnie shots, roll in the middle. Like he's just known for rolling the middle so well over the, you know, those, those big time years when he was winning 20 some races in a season, you know, but, he hadn't been able to really do that recently uh, just because I feel like there was so much power. It was hard to get it down to the floor. Um, and, you know, he wasn't able to, to feather it like he used to, you know. But yeah. um, I I guess it's, I feel like it's better to have too much power and be able to, you know, dial it back and instead of trying to find more power, right? I feel like right. you'd rather have more than less. Right. There's nobody better at running the center of the racetrack than Donnie Schatz, is there? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you, you've seen it at, uh, you know, at Attica. I mean, he was kind of mostly on the bottom, but there was a couple tries where he went through the middle and was able to make up time, you know. Yeah. Um, and we, I, I just feel like 
any like sprint car fan that's been a fan of the of you know sprint cars for like the last you know five six seven eight years like they've said before like man he was rolling the middle like donnie shots like just everybody knows right. that donnie is the best to run in the middle right no doubt about it hey before i let you go i want to give you a a, a a little bit of uh about brian brown surpassing doug wolfgang on the all-time winning list at Knoxville Raceway. How about that? Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, obviously, Wolfgang is um, prominent on many, many, you know, record books and uh, the stat sheets and all that kind of stuff. That is a big deal for, for Brian to, to get that done. Now, here's the question that everybody's been asking for a long time. Can he finally win the Nationals, right? I mean, right. that's that's kind of one of the biggest storylines I feel like every year going to the Nationals. Brian Brown wins, you know, five, six, seven races heading up to the Nationals, but it just never seems to work out right. He's won 360 Nationals, all this, but right. cannot seem to get it done on the, on the you know, big stage. So um, that is a huge deal. It's awesome to see him pass him. And what, I think there's, what, one guy, maybe two left in front of Lasoski's obviously one of them. I don't know if there's anybody else in front of him. As there, as the there's nobody player. in front of him but Danny the Dude Lasoski, And we're we're sitting here wondering. His uncle. His uncle. <laughs> and can he catch his uncle? What does he have, like 114 wins? Uh, I, I've lost track of what the exact number I is. I think it's about 114 it's about wins. 40, 40 he's got to go to get there. About 40 more wins. Yeah. Do yeah. you think he can yeah, do it? 40. Do you think he can do it? 40 more. That's a lot. That is um, a lot. I yeah. mean, if you want, what, eight times five is 40, right? So if he raced eight more years and won five races a year, but, I mean, I feel like that's possible. Yeah, um, it's possible. If you, think, if you put it that way, right, or maybe one year you, you went eight or yeah. something like that, I think it could happen. If he races for another 10 years, I think he can make it happen. I guarantee it, that carrot is dangling out in front of him, and he wants to catch it. Well, if he can race. Yeah, I feel like if he does, that'll probably never be done yeah. again. Yeah, no doubt. Sammy Swindell is still out there racing at the age of 68. So, uh, you know, if, if Brownie can. But Sammy's not what he used to be. No, but he won the 360 Nationals here, what, about seven years ago? Yeah. So, but hey, that was seven years ago, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> Eight years. Well, seven years ago, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Johnny Schatz, I'm just looking at his age right now. He'll turn 46 in August. And, you know, there was a lot of people that were wondering, does, has Donnie lost it a little bit? But no. I don't think hasn't. so now. After watching him this weekend, Chase, I don't think Donnie Schatz has lost it at all. Yeah, it cracks me up, man. I I, um, I remember something Brad Sweet said, I think it was last year during uh, the interview when he won the championship. You know, after, after the race, like they have the stage come out for all three champions, and you know, Brad was like, yeah, you know, this was, this must be how it felt for Donnie when he was in his prime, right? And like kind of insinuating that like <laughs> he wasn't in his prime. What he is anymore. I'm just like, dude, like he just <laughs> won the Knoxville Nationals at 45, 46 years old. He just whipped everybody's ass right. uh, last weekend. You know, yeah. I, I think that uh, if he, you know, now if they really do have the Ford power plant figured out, and I think these new tires are right up his alley. It brings the driver more into it, brings more throttle control into it. I I would love to see Donnie Schatz win the championship and Brad Sweet finish second. And Brad goes, man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he still got it. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Yeah. I looked back at his stats. I just stat. hear drivers say that stuff all the time. 
His stats at Knoxville, downing shots at the Knoxville Nationals, I don't have that pulled up right here, but it seems like only two or three times in the last 20 years he's not finished either first or second at the Knoxville Nationals. Think no. about that for a minute. Yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah, and I mean, last year he was I, I, like a non-factor in, like, I, I cannot remember the numbers, but maybe had one or two wins all the way up to Nationals. And everybody's like, oh, Donnie's not even, you know, he's not even going to be a factor. And what does he do? He, you know, rips the vinyl right off David Gravel's car and, and wins. You know, I mean, yeah. the guy, he's, if you can win the Knoxville Nationals uh, at 46, you still got a lot of years left in you. Yeah. I, I'll tell you that. I mean, he's, I don't know if he's going to do it for as long as Steve Kinsley. I don't know how Steve, how old Steve was when he was still racing on the Outlaw Tour, but um, I don't know if he'll do it as long as that. But Donnie, He's still got plenty of, of good racing years left in him, and I think this week can definitely prove that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Chase, we appreciate you taking the time each week here on Monday for us. We, we can't thank you enough for doing so. Um, we appreciate it, and uh, have a good week this week, all right? Ha, ha, enjoy your time in California. How about that? Yeah, I'm going to go put some sunscreen on, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next Monday. Okay, thank you, Thanks, Chase. Chase. Thanks, guys. There you have it, Chase That's Rodman. That's home at I think he's uh, got a home in Ohio now, which is going to be fairly close to Atomic Speedway. So, I don't. He, uh, did, he sounded like his home was in California. Well, he doesn't live out there all the time now. He's got a second home in Ohio. He kind of bases out of. So, but his his nat- his home home where he's originally from is California. Right. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back. More of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supplies. They'll be racing down two nights this weekend down at Central Missouri Speedway. Paying more money, too, right? Paying more money as well. So get down there and check them out. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply. Mostly Motorsports. We'll be right back. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Track Talk. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at CMS this weekend. They're going to have some extra money going on the line as well. So get down there and check them out at CMS this weekend. And, um, Kirk, do we want to run some of the sound that we got? Uh, we can run that whenever. Uh, we got Trenton on, yeah. Oh, Is he there? Yeah. Let's just go. Hey, before we bring Trenton on, it was great to see the ASCS National Tour on Race and Dirt last night. Seth Bergman picking up a big win yeah. after Jason Martin won on Saturday night down at Longdale Speedway and watched that all on Race and Dirt. Uh, hey, hey, uh, Trenton. Are are you yeah, guys? Are, how are you? Are you guys going to be uh, doing the National Tour this year? I am. Uh... I am uh, I am not at liberty to really discuss beyond the fact of Lakeside Speedway and Lake Ozark Speedway where we'll be this weekend at this time. How's how's that? Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. We'll, All go, right. we'll go with that. So this weekend, I, I, don't, I yeah. So I, I I appreciate you guys on that. I um yeah. So. Yeah, well, so about, we'll, we'll we'll just I'm leave it. About five miles. 
I'm about five miles east of Joplin, uh, hammer down, headed home. I got one day at home, and uh, I'm going to Deer Creek Wednesday. All right. Uh, so, uh, big so, week, big weekend up at Deer Creek this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's huge. It's just three, five, and ten. It's the first time that uh, uh, the USMTS has ran three days. Now they've always ran on uh, they've always ran on Saturday at, at Deer Creek of, of Memorial Day weekend. I guess I said Labor Day, but Memorial Day weekend. Um, but with the new schedule this year, uh, Deer Creek opted to go for for all three days and take three, five, and ten, and then going to West Union in uh, in Fayette. Uh, Fayette County Speedway there in West Union, Iowa on Sunday. So big weekend of racing, just as it is all across the country. Um, and I know, you know, too, like you guys said with the ASCS, it's a, a big deal there at Lakeside. I know, Scott, you can go promote that race for a lot of years. And yep. Like Ozark Speedway, great racetrack, too. So, uh, of course, the Show Me 100 for, for a lot of people in earshot of this will be where they're headed for Memorial Weekend, which is, is awesome, too, to see the, the growth yep. of that event over the past few years. Yep, we'll be down there at uh, Wheatland this weekend. Looking forward to that big event. We just keep Mother Nature. It always seems like Mother Nature always wants to intervene on Memorial Weekend. Let's let's keep her. Let's uh, hope it does happy this, this weekend. weekend. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I hope so for sure. It seems like seems like a lot of different things have been snake bit with a lot of rain. I think I think we have I think we have lost. My gosh, you know, on, on some of our smaller tours, we've lost a handful of shows to rain. I think on the USMTS, we've lost four or five nights, you know, those, of those three day swings. It seems like we, seemed like there for a while, we, we were just, we were just game on to get two out of three in. So, yeah. Hey, hey, let me, had, had a little better luck. Let me ask you this. Where's Deer Creek? Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's probably one of your bigger broadcasts of the year, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and Deer, Deer Creek is phenomenal. It's uh, if the USMTS uh, a touring series doesn't have a home track, but you know every touring series has kind of got their 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 you know what what would be their honey hole and their ones, and that that would be it for the USMTS for sure. Spring um, Valley, the, Minnesota. The modifieds. Yep, the modifieds are are king at, at Deer Creek at the racetrack, and um, they even build their special events non mod related. A lot of them around having modifieds as a support class, and they pay them added money and. Um, they're just they're just at the forefront of, of every decision made at that racetrack. Um, you know, it, everything revolves and centers around modifieds. Now they they run a, a terrific schedule. They got that go for fifty, which they've just turned into a blockbuster event over the past few years uh, with with their late models. And um, they just announced a World Outlaws race that's going to run in conjunction with the makeup of Mississippi Thunder over Labor Day weekend. So you know, super diverse in their scheduling. Um, but but their their home base at Deer Creek has has and, and probably always will be the the modifieds. How big a town is uh, Spring Valley, Minnesota? Uh, little, just just like every little town you would expect. Uh, <laughs> the cell service the cell service is terrible. Um, they've got a Casey's gas station. Uh, they got they got some farm equipment stores uh, and and a, just a small handful of restaurants. But you're only about a half hour from Rochester, Minnesota. And uh, that that's that's a beautiful mid-sized town, and um, you know that Rochester known they they do many wonderful things all centered around the Mayo Clinic, um, which you know is at the forefront of of uh, healthcare in, in the country across the country across the world. You know, for that matter, they talk about how you know princes and and dignitaries from other countries fly in there to the Rochester airport and and whatever for the Mayo Clinic. So 
um, that Rochester town is all centered around that and really that whole area. It's just either the hospital or agriculture. Uh, they, they do both really well. The other thing I know that they do well at Deer Creek, uh, they've got a good reputation for prepping a racetrack at Deer Creek Speedway. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, they had 174 cars Saturday night for their opening night. Holy now, cow. Let, let that sink in for a second. 174 cars. 174 cars for opening night. Crazy. <laughs> there, there, that was weekly first. And you get you get track preps oh, a big deal when you gosh. got that many cars on the racetrack in one night. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And they they put a whole bunch of new dirt on it over the off season. They had a uh, what they called the Button Buck Speedway in the infield, and they've they've since, as I've been told, I haven't seen it yet, but but I've talked to uh, several people around there that uh, they they flattened it out quite a bit and taken a lot of the, the bank out of that, and they used that for the dirt for the racetrack, and they they put a bunch of new dirt on the racetrack which it, it needed, and so. Yeah, they obviously was received well. I didn't get to watch the race because I was I was at Longdale there with with what we had going on, and uh, but the racetrack had to be good because Brandon Davis won the mod race and he came from 19th to do it, and you, you can't do that if your track's junk. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so talk about what's coming up besides this weekend. What's coming up in the future so we can let everybody know where they can watch the best USMTS coverage. Yeah, I appreciate that. So then we so we got a we've got an off week with the series after uh, this weekend at Deer Creek which it's four days it's it's, it's going to be a load here this weekend. It, people are going to get get their fill here and need to kind of regroup again which seems like how how a lot of the touring series run but it's going to be a short break for a lot of those guys cuz several of them are going to head to uh Architect Speedway for the Doug Murphy Memorial which uh, I think I might have mentioned this with you guys. I think I maybe did last week that uh, we're, we're the title sponsor of that event. That, that thing really means a lot to both Stick and I. And, um, it was one of the first races outside of the USMTS that we ever went and streamed. And just the, the people were so good to us. And that, that just means everything. And uh, so we're, we're going back to, to that race at Arklatech Speedway. It's two days, five grand to win each night. Uh, a little bit different format than what it used to be, but that's fine. Things, things grow and evolve. And, I'm thrilled they're running the race, and, and the Murphy family's uh, is going to be there. Uh, so, yeah, that that's really our next couple of weeks. And, you know, June for us is, is dominated by, obviously, Cedar Lake. I mean, that's the, the Masters. I think we're going into the, I think it's the 24th, 3rd, 4th, 5th uh, annual event. And um, to get to get an event with that kind of staying power, you're doing a lot of things right. USMTS has been a part of that for a lot of years, uh, back even when they had the Summer Nationals running there as well, which they don't anymore. Right. But, they really focused that thing heavy on their uh, on their late models uh, around that area, and then also with with the USMTS cars. So the Masters is awesome. Cedar Lake's a one of a kind place. I don't know if you guys have ever been or not. If if not, if you ever get a chance to go, it's it's one you would you wouldn't want to sleep on. It's a, one of the greatest racetracks in the country. They're talking about places that schedule up and put out put out some, a, a crazy list of events. I mean that place is just just racing to the core of that entire town and, and area. So. Uh, honor to be going back to Cedar Lake there in June. Yep. No doubt. All right. Well, listen, I just got a text back from Brian Brown. He just surpassed Doug Wolfgang up at the all-time winning list up at Knoxville, uh-huh. Knoxville Raceway, and uh, he just sent me a text that says he can be on the show for us, so we want to try to get him on before the end of the show. Trenton, we can't thank you, you enough let, for – Why don't you let me just – 
Yeah, why don't you let me just scoot on off here, boys? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we, we want to talk to him about him surpassing Doug Wolfgang. That's a pretty big deal, to be honest with you. That is. Yeah. Brownie, Brownie's one of my favorites. I, I, it was great to catch up with him there at the High Limit Race in Kansas City. So, um, I just just wish that guy nothing but the best. I've I've loved watching him race for years. So, yeah, yeah, no, get him on, get me off here, and get him on there. Yeah, I'm just going to say this USMTS points battle is really shaping up to be a good one. We'll look forward to watching all those races this weekend, Trenton. Thanks for coming on. Sounds great, boys. I'm I'm signing off. See uh, ya. All right, see you there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get Brian Brown on, talking about him surpassing Doug Wolfgang as the all-time winningest list at Knoxville Raceway. We'll be back with more. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, and it's mostly motorsports. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. 
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. They'll be racing down at CMS this weekend, a two-day show down there. Is that Saturday, Sunday, Kurt? Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. And, by the way, we're thinking of the uh, family of Andy Zeller. The services held today, unfortunately, lost his life in a terrible accident there a couple of weeks ago, thinking about them. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Let's bring on the guy that just surpassed Doug Wolfgang on the all-time winningest list at Knoxville Raceway, Blackjack Brian Brown. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Not as good as you, though, buddy. Well, yeah, you know, look in the mirror, you can tell that, Scott. Well, yeah, obviously. I, you, you've got a full head of hair, and I have no hair. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's been good. Uh, that was uh, that was pretty cool to be able to do that Saturday. Um, they asked me like that on the house mic what it felt like, and honestly, you're just I'm so consumed about you know what's next. That's when the next one, or what, you know, that you really don't look at the number. Uh, I'm sure it's probably be something I'll really think about uh, when it's all said and done, and you're sitting on on the front porch, you know, watching the sunset. Of you know, you'll think of things like that. But at this point, it's uh, it's full steam ahead. And, Let's try to get another one this week. You know, uh, Kirk and I have been debating all morning about, do you want to try to chase down the dude? Do you want to try to get to his number? Are you going to race that long? That's that's the question. Are you going to race long enough to be able to surpass Danny? No, I don't. I mean, I, I, I think that's, pretty, that's not going to happen. I mean, he, the number he – he won was um there's years years he won 10 and 12 14 races there uh, a year um so no it's probably it never has been the goal you know a goal was obviously just to win one race and then we've been able to, to be lucky enough to win win a few more but um you know to, to be able to be one and two that, that that's pretty cool right now but i'm sure there's another young and upcomer guy that probably knock us off one day but um i don't think you know 40 44 years old now and I, I don't think i would be racing you know in closer to my late 50s early 60s to be able to try to chase that down and it gets tougher every year you know just because you say you want to go there and race doesn't mean you're going to win so um, right yeah the competition right now is very solid up there and um like i said we just we were good but i don't feel like we were great so we're definitely got to work on our car a little bit more uh to be able to make sure we're in contention again you know, getting to win this week. Well, you only got fifty-one to go to catch Danny there. That that's not too bad, is it? Well, um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I, you know how he is. He definitely doesn't let me <laughs> let me forget how many how many total he has and, and how many I'm behind him. But yeah, it's fifty-one. That's that'd take a little while. It seems like that's that's a lot, which makes it seem seem sixty-one wins seems like a lot when you say it like that. So uh, right, right. Yeah, it's just just been. 
just been cool. I mean, excited, happy. Like for guys like my grandpa, you know, he said Saturday night after I talked to him after the races, like he's like it's just cool for him to have his son be number one and his grandson to be number two. And when think when people say it like that, probably means a little bit more than just uh, than just normal on my end. Hey, uh, on that note, let me ask you this: How much longer do you want to drive? And are you going to be a team owner eventually? Yeah, definitely. That's in the cards. Um, you know, I, I, I want to do it. Uh, I want to. I want to have you know a second team, a third team. Um, just right now, we're just concentrating on making sure that our, our first team is as best as we can be, and we don't want to take anything away from that. You know, um, I, I'm 44. I would love to race. You know, until um, I'm 50, um, and then kind of see where I'm at. But all that can change. You know, at the in the blink of an eye. So um, yeah, that's no doubt. obviously what I'd like to do. Uh, I'd like to also, you know, once I do decide that to, to hang it up, you know, I want to be able to keep keep Chad employed where Chad has a job, you know, and and all my crew guys where they have jobs, and and bring the next next young kid up to uh, yeah. to go race Knoxville and learn and and be able just to teach to teach somebody about the business, about the racing, about everything, and maybe try to cut cut their learning curve down. So, right in a dream world, I'd have four or five cars at Knoxville on a Saturday night. And um, four four young guys and one guy that um, is is a, is a veteran that can win on win on a given night. And if I do that and, and can can turn a young kid into a, to a, a race car driver, uh, that's that'd be a, be a good good time for me. Do you have your eye on some guys that you think that you would like to have drive for you? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few guys out there that I feel like that are that are have what it takes to to, to do it, um, but. You know, there's a lot of guys that have what it takes that's never going to get the right opportunity or their window is pretty short of, you know, you get guys that are just lightning on fire and then, you know, they have a run of bad luck. And now it's like they're kind of a not forgotten, but um, it's all about the people and, and aligning the right people together at the right time and keeping the driver's confidence where it needs to be. Because just because you're 18 in a hot shoe right now, you could be 24 and forgotten in six years. So it's like, you just yeah. got to take advantage and, and really set yourself up with good people uh, around you and um, don't let you get too high. Don't let you get too low. And um, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of talent, man. They're, 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 these young guys, they, and yeah. they run, they run so hard and they're so smooth and they're so smart that you add that combination up They're They're tough to beat. Right. Let me, let me ask you, what is it like to have, uh, Chad back with you this year is it is is it feel like right where you left off um and actually honestly it feels better um you know there's never the only reason we kind of got sideways a little bit is just because you know our we both want to win that bad and when we don't win our ideas sometimes weren't aligned on how we're going to fix our problems or how we're going to make a car better it was basically he had his idea how he wanted to fix it. I had my idea how I wanted to fix it. And when they don't align, then that becomes arguments. And um, I think with him kind of going and doing his own thing last year with Ayrton and then me kind of going for a year or so and doing doing my deal with Danny, I think we just got some different perspectives of he, yeah, he went out and, and they won races and we went out and we won races. So we think we both proved that we could we could win without each other, but – I feel like now that we're back together, I feel like that 
I think the mindset or how it's been so far, because it's been great, is like we really don't care how we get there or whose idea it was to get there as long as we get there. And I think that's that's been very important to, you know, I'm not going to argue about it. If you can get me fast enough to get the victory lane or a chance to win, then that's that's all I want. And there's going to be times that his idea is better than mine and my ideas are better than his. It's just, uh, it's been good. I think it was, it was that year and a half apart was really was really good for both of us, and yeah. you know, I think really the sky's the limit. You know, uh, getting back to this all time win list at Knoxville, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, 51 to get to Danny, but I mean, when you look back at the drivers that you're ahead of now, Doug Wolfgang, we talked about him, Terry McCurl, Steve Kenzer, Sammy Swindell, Earl Wagner, an old hero of mine, Randy Smith, Jerry Blundy, who was a big, big star at Knoxville back in the day. I mean, you look at some of these names. That, that you have surpassed, surpassed now, right. I mean, that just puts it into perspective just how big this is of what you accomplished the other night. That just means I'm old, Kirk. No, it, it, means, you've been, it, it means you've been good for a long time at Knoxville. That's what that means. That's... Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I get a lot of flack sometimes because, oh, he only runs good at Knoxville or when he goes to Pennsylvania, he doesn't run as good as he should or whatever. And, like, we have just been very, very, very fortunate to be able to have re- really good race cars there, really good engines and really good people hey, people behind us like Chad. Hey, um, listen, yes. you've been running really well with the Outlaws and, and uh, any all-star races that you've ran. You've been running really good lately. Yeah, we've been good, and I think we're, we're just we're learning things as we go every single night. And back, you know, to the Knoxville deal, like I just we just been we're lucky enough. And, and if I'm going to be, and my answer to anybody is, is if I'm going to be good somewhere, I would much rather be good at Knoxville than than Tulare, California. I can promise you that because right. at the end of the day, there's only one race that matters, and that's the Knoxville Nationals. Um, so that's and that's where they pay all the money. So we, yeah, we've been. We've been lucky, and as Kirk said, those names that you you, you write, read off, those are my heroes. Those are the guys I grew up going to Knoxville and watching. You know, watching Danny win a lot, and watching Randy Smith win a lot, and watching Doug Wolfgang win a lot, and Steve Kinzer, and all these guys that are my heroes. So, uh, yeah, to, to be able to pass them and, and have my name even on that list with those guys is an honor, and it's something I don't take lightly. I mean, it's they're all. They're all special in, in different ways. Um, special this weekend because I rolled in there and, you know, I hadn't raced. Them guys had a night on me. I hadn't raced on the new tire there. And I started seventh. And really everybody who was anybody there, you know, the Kerry Madsen and Austin McCarl and the Aaron Reitzels, they're right there in front of me. And we had to pass them one by one to beat them. So each race is a race within itself of, like, you know, you have to, those guys are smart race car drivers, and you have to make every every move count. And I feel like as those years have went by, I've become maybe a little bit smarter race car driver of knowing where to put my car and when to put my car. And um, but you have to have a good car to be able to move around. And we had a good car Saturday, but we didn't have the best car I've ever had there. So we're at work today here, uh, thinking through the process. I'm thinking some things between me and Chad that we can we can do to make it better. And um, that's what we hope to do. Uh, we mentioned me and Chad the whole time here, and that's I always think of this race team as a huge puzzle, you know, and, and especially the team members. And you know, if you have 
you have Chad, which is my crew chief. I have Justin Lauer, which is my which is my car chief. I have my dad Robert. I have Lace that's that goes with us, and myself. And it's just a big puzzle. And you know, if I'm off one night and my puzzle piece doesn't doesn't line up, we're not going to have a good night. And if Chad's off a little, I mean, we have to work together as a group. And, right. You know, if and, and when we work together as a group, uh, we got we got a great puzzle. But you know, it's it's a process, and everybody on this team is is, is as important as the next guy. And um, if we want to reach our goals, everybody has to do their job. Uh, we know uh, you won that World of Outlaw race up at uh, Knoxville last year, and I've never seen Danny uh, so excited, even when he was a driver. He was when ecstatic. You won that night. Yeah. But that just proves that you can still win the Knoxville Nationals. I think, what do you got, three second-place finishes? How many second-place finishes you got at the Yeah, Nationals? I think three, 12, 13, and 14, yep. That, uh, yeah. We've, we've We've been close. So we know if you qualify well at the Nationals, you're going to be in the hunt. The big key at the Nationals is it's qualifying, qualifying right. is it not? Yeah. Yeah, anymore, um, anymore you have to get qualified, and really you just can't have a bad night. I think that's more than anything. It's like I feel like the Knoxville Nationals, the way it's set up today uh, with a 50-lap race with a break halfway that really need to be in that first four or five rows, you know, probably four rows and up, you know, with the quality of cars. And yeah, it's, uh, it's still, still my number one goal. Still why I wake up every single day. Um, I had somebody asked me, we ran really well at Eldora the other week, started 13th and run fourth with the outlaws and was right there with the players. And somebody asked me, Hey, would you rather win the million dollar race or the Knoxville nationals? And which was a very good question. And I like money. Um, right. It, off the tip of my tongue, like they can have that million dollar race. I want that Knoxville Nationals, and to me, I let's try to win them both. Is my was was my next answer, but um, yeah, the Knoxville Nationals. It is what it is. It's 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 the granddaddy of them all, and it's when you uh, when it's all said and done, if you can win the Knoxville Nationals, that's you just doesn't get a better honor in sprint car racing. It's the one that every single driver wants, wants to, win. to win. Yeah, no doubt, and Did, um, it's. That's uh, that's obviously the goal, and um, we'll just keep working at it. And if it doesn't happen, it's life. Life's gonna go on when I'm 55 years old and didn't win the Knoxville Nationals, maybe. So right. it's uh, just happy to have a have a good career and looking forward to going to race close to home. We're going to race Friday at uh, Lakeside with the ASCS National Tour, and then uh, Knoxville Saturday, and then Sioux Falls on on Sunday or Sunday and Monday. Do, do you feel like this year? could be the year because you've shown a lot of speed this year you talked about eldora and knoxville uh, do you feel like you have a better chance this year to win the knoxville nationals uh i wouldn't say that i felt like going you know we were really good last year at the outlaw show there and i feel like what we've really worked on on my car you know and me really as a driver is you know with danny last year and then it's kind of continuing to chad this year is that I've always been able to qualify really well, but my car has just been set up to be, you know, lightning fast, you know, by itself or, or whatnot. Um, and sometimes when you get buried back there on the fifth or sixth row, I maybe don't, I don't go forward like I should or, or I go backwards because my car is just aero dependent and, and it makes me, makes my job tougher. Maybe you go to the corner and just doesn't want to turn like it should. So we've been very conscious of making sure we give get our, give ourselves a very good car, that sort of good racing car that can turn and can do things you know um, in dirty air. And 
We started 26th at the at the high limit race and run fourth at Wayne County last week because my car was turning better than the other guys and it was able allowed me to do some different things with my feet and things like that. That if you if we would have had our car normal there how we've been doing it in years past, maybe we start 26th and run 16th or 17th, which is a decent night, but it's definitely not 26th to fourth. So right. overall, I think right now as a team, I think I have a better race car every single time. I push off for the A main, which in turn, if I get towards the back, I can pass. And if I get towards the front, I got a better car too. So, um, right. yeah, I feel like that to answer your question, my better suited to win the Knoxville nationals today. I, I, I won't know that because we're still building the notebook because of the new tire. Uh, it's a whole new ball game now with this, with this, no doubt they, they've changed the construction of the, of the rear tires. So really your notes, you've had in the past you throw them all away but they're similar but they're not the same so um i i like where i'm at because i feel like it's brought the driver back into it a little bit where you can't just be an 18 year old kid and run it wide open you have to be able to use your feet and and not blow the tires off and think and i think that brings it back to guys like you know donnie shots obviously he's picking up you know it looks like donnie shots from 2008 won the last two nights, um, you know, and guys that are known to be able to run both feet and, and keep your tires under it. Uh, I think that's that's a huge part of uh, when you're spinning your tires, you're not making grip. And um, right. I, I feel like uh, I like I like the tires. I feel like they're, they're good for our package right now. Right. And, and have you had any issues with those tires at all? No, they've been good. I feel like this is – Hoosier did a – I mean – a lot of people want to bag on Hoosier the last couple of years because the tires weren't probably the best tire, best suited tires. Um, I feel like they've made the left rear and the right rear comparable where they're working together. Where in the past, I feel like the left rear was a very stiff tire and the right rear was a very soft tire. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's the opposite now. They have the left rear where it does go down, but the right rear is stiff enough where it's just not going to roll under. So I think in general, I think that's why you see there's a lot of passing going on, really. I mean... You know, normally it's been pretty. If you got to be up there towards the front, but I feel like the racing's been really, really good. And, and um, Hoosier should, as much as we want to yell at them when it's bad, we have to praise them when they when it's good. And I feel like they've did a phenomenal job of making a very good tire, a tire that really, from my knowledge, has not been a lot of uh, blown tires or things like that. So right, uh, right. overall, I, I think they did a great job. Hey, uh, Brian, uh, you conquered Williams Grove Speedway. You got that uh, checked off the list. But I know Eldora Speedway is another track that you want to check off the list, too. Coming up in July, you got the Million Dollar to Win race and the King's Royal. Uh, Special preparation for going back out to Eldora? Um, maybe a little bit. I feel like that, um, you know, I led the Kings Royal last year for 18 or 20 laps and right. didn't do a good job driving and, and, and ended up, I think, fourth or fifth maybe. But we've ran second at Eldora uh, five or six times maybe. And I felt like when we were there last time, you know, we started 13th and ran fourth and was right with Gravel and Rico and Shot. So maybe a little bit of just getting our car a little bit more balanced, you know, when I get the wing back when I need, need grip, um, we were just maybe off a tiny bit, but I don't feel like that. I feel like our package there, we can go there right now and, and, and be in the hunt. And, um, there's times that 
you know, when you come home and you run fourth and you just you maybe start micromanaging every single piece of your whole car. Right. And you can go back there the next time and be worse. Um, you have to look at, okay, we passed a lot of cars. We can do things, run parts of the track most people can't. Um, we just got to get a tiny bit better. And that race, Kings Royal, you know, the the, the million, it takes a lot of luck. And it's a, it could probably be a different format than the normal World of Outlaw show um, because it's not a World of Outlaw sanctioned event. So they'll, they'll probably have a different invert and things like that. So it's not not going to be the same, um, but you, I feel like if you can get yourself in position like you would at an outlaw show and, and you're up in the hunt, that our car is good enough to win there. And right. I feel like I'm good enough to win there. Um, that place is is a different than most just because the driver can make up the difference or the driver's lines or things like that. You can, you can, you can uh, learn and you can help perfect and you're just not going to show up at these places and compete with these guys. You have to go there. That's why we go there in May. So we can compete with them hopefully in July. And, um, you know, those, those are, that's why we skip, skip races around home to go do that stuff. And, um, we just want to be better. We want to be better as a team. We want to be able to unload the FVP Casey's 21 anywhere in the country and be in the hunt to win. And, um, we're slowly getting back to that. I felt like we were off a little bit for a couple of years and I feel as best, health-wise and, and, and shape-wise as I'll ever have as a driver. And, you know, I feel like Chad and Justin and, and Dad Lathe are doing a good job, and uh, we got the best parts and pieces. It's just up to us to to, to have a good year. There's no excuses, in, yeah. in, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, so many times drivers overthink things a little bit too much, don't they? Absolutely. And I think that's why I was, you know, mentioned earlier about the micromanaging piece. It's It's – you have to you have to sit down on a Monday morning, and we've made a conscious effort. Me and Chad have sat down on a Monday morning of saying, "Okay, hey, was did the driver do a good job? Okay, A or B? Yeah, he could have. That's, the answer is yes, he did. Or sometimes no, he didn't. Right. Um, is did we make good decisions with our car throughout the night? Did we make the right decisions setup wise? Because if you make bad decisions setup wise, it's not your car's fault. Right. It's, it's the person who's turning the wrench. And C is our car bad? Because there are times that, man, like we are just, our car is not, for whatever reason, not doing what we need to do based on the things we're doing to it. And if you, I think if you separate those items, because the car could be perfect, the setup could be perfect, but if the driver makes four or five bad laps or four or five bad decisions and he loses spots on restarts or whatever, it's not the car's fault. So don't right. start micromanaging the car or micromanaging your decisions as a crew chief. It's, the driver has to do his part. So it, it, it's. You, I think if you can separate that, you can start eliminating the micromanaging and getting your car off balance because if you're trying to fix your car based on the driver's mistakes, you're working on the wrong part of the part of the puzzle. And right, um, right. we're just trying to treat it, try to look this as, as best we can of, you know, um, making, making good decisions. And, and when we get to the track on Friday or Saturday, whenever the races are, of really thinking about are we unloading the best possible piece and think about it at the shop. Don't get to the racetrack and say, oh, gosh, what are torsion bars we need here? Right. We've been to all the tracks. We know what the conditions are going to be. Unload a car that's going to set quick time hot lap. That's, that's obviously the goal. If you unload a good car, normally you'll have a good night. You unload right. a bad car with a level of competition today, it's hard to, hard to get caught up. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
Well, Brownie, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports today. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply. Uh, Bob Douglas taking really good care of us over here. We can't thank you enough for coming on. I know it was a late notice. I appreciate yep. you doing so, buddy. Yeah, congratulations, Brian. Yeah, thanks. And and and, and on on the Rod and Supply, Bob Douglas. Every single one of my 61 wins has been on rod and supply. I I would probably almost bet every single win in my career, probably at 200 or plus or more, have been on rod and supply. Never a failure. You're the best of the business. So uh, if you need rod ends or a local-based Kansas City company here, and if, even if you're listening online, um, that Bob, and his, his, he builds the best product and He's the best people, too, man. He's, he's awesome. He is a great guy, man. We can't thank him enough for coming on board with us here on Mostly Motorsports. Brownie, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. All right, you guys take care, and let's uh, let's keep this up. Let's win every week and be on here every week. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Good luck this weekend at the Lakeside. I'm happy to hear you're going to be out at Lakeside this Friday night. Yep, Terrific. yep. We're going to be we're gonna be close to home. That'll be good. Yep. All right, see you, Brownie. See you, guys. Take care, man. Bye. All right, bye. There you go. How about that? Brown going to run with the ASCS Tour this weekend. Yeah, this that's, weekend. A big, that's a big story. That is a so big deal. Get out there and watch. they got non-wing sprints up at US 36 Raceway. I, you're going out to Lakeside, right? I'm going to go to Lakeside. I'm going to go to US 36. We'll get that cover. Hey, before we go, we got the sound from Brian, or Brady Bacon I wanted to get in. All He's, right. Uh, Brady Bacon winning one of the great races in Silver Crown history. After a duel with Justin Grant. Man, you're overblowing that a little bit. You don't know that that is one of the greatest. Dean Mills told me the, uh, yesterday. I saw Dean Mills, the great videographer. So He's was Dean countless... Mills the authority? No, but I was thinking this beforehand. He just confirmed what I was thinking. Dean Mills told me last night at Sweet Springs that's one of the great Silver Crown races, maybe the greatest Silver Crown race he's ever seen in person. I, I, I would bet money that there's other great Silver Crown races. I'm just saying what he said. So, anyway, here's what Brady Bacon had to say after his uh, big win at Belleville on Saturday night. Yeah, he kind of did had a little Hail Mary move there to try to stay in the lead. We, uh, I think we were a little bit better than him at the end and got by him in traffic. And uh, we got kind of bottled up in traffic, and he, uh, you know, kind of pulled a Pulled a bomb and thought he could uh, make it stick, and uh, it didn't didn't quite work out, and um, almost uh, you know got us pretty good too. So luckily we bounced up and and, uh, and luckily didn't get any damage. So I thought you maybe had some tire worries there at the end. Um, I knew there was going to be some tire blistering and stuff. It's just so fast. It's going to be you know the way it is. There's no way around it. So unless you go slow, then you're not going to win. So um, I felt good. I didn't really feel any issues at the end, and and like I said, the car was really good especially the last half of the race. It looked like Cody got out to a pretty good lead to start. Just what were you thinking there in the early laps? Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I mean, I wasn't surprised that he did that, but I was surprised that he did that, and then we, we kind of caught him. Justin's and I's car got better than his, and we were able to track him down and pass him. thought it might have been a little harder to pass an open track, but we were able to get him uh, there in three and four, that big slider, and um, then kind of work on Justin and get by him as well. Very unique. This racetrack is pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, this is a cool place. You know, we raced midgets here and ran third at the Nationals one year, and uh, cool to get a win here for sure. Yeah, and he never won the Belleville Midget Nationals. Here is Justin Grant's take on uh, the slider that he tried to pull on 
Brady Bacon didn't quite work out. Oh yeah, yeah, we're okay. That uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a really really awesome race. It was uh, I wanted to win it really badly, and uh, so did Brady. So it's fun when you can two guys can square off and, and kind of go do battle. And uh, you know we uh, we had a we had a good time. Would have liked to have made some money and, and won the race, but uh, but it was still uh, still a good time smashing around Belleville. You know that's great when neither. He's not mad about it. You no. Know, he just tried to pull it. didn't work out. It just Two didn't work. Two great drivers going for the same spot on the racetrack, and, you know, it is what it is. Brady came out yep. on top. You got Jacob Denny as well, don't you, from uh, Sweet last Springs? Night, yes. Last night he was the winner at the uh, for the NOS Energy Drink National Midgets at Sweet Springs. Jacob Denny starting on the outside front row led all the way. Yeah, it does. I was a little nervous starting up front just because uh, I knew it was a long main event. I didn't know how much track was going to change. So uh ended up working out in our favor, though. Track seemed to widen out quite a bit. You tested that top side. Yeah, the curve kept getting gnarlier and gnarlier, and I kept getting tighter and tighter. And then I saw Dayson on that last restart, and I started thrashing a little too hard than what I should have, and I kept hopping. And last lap, I did what I was doing before, and it ended up working out pretty good. Couple of close calls here. Right? Yeah, I was trying. I didn't know how close anybody was, and I was just giving it all I had the whole time. And I couldn't really judge my entry speed as well when I got behind the lap car. I was so much slower, and then I couldn't get the wheel speed back up before I hit the cushion. So uh, a couple of close calls, but uh, puts on a good show for the fans. Lap traffic is a real test here at Sweet Springs, isn't it? Yeah, it is. They're side by side, and every time I got to them, and I tried threading the needle a couple of times, but uh, it was better to play it safe, safer than sorry. And if I saw somebody, I would have threaded the needle, but uh, ended up working out good in our favor. I didn't thread the needle. Early in the season, big win for you. Yeah, he's got to keep going. You know, we're just trying to win as many races as we can. We started off strong. I mean, three top ten finishes and a two top ten finishes and a win is uh, pretty good. Yeah, big win for uh, Jacob Denny and good solid finish for Dayson personally. Finished second and mm-hmm. Timez passed a lot of cars last night to get up there in the third spot. Want to give a shout out to Seth Bergman who picked up the win. Um, at Longdale Speedway in Longdale, Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah, that uh, last night, actually. And uh, what Chase Randall won up at uh, Houston Speedway. And so, Cap Henry picks up the win at Fremont in Fremont, Ohio. Yep. So I had a lot of good sprint car racing around the country this weekend. Good Ch- open wheel racing all the Ch- way around. Chase Randall wins at Houston Speedway yeah. up in Brandon, South Dakota. That was her season opener, right? Mm-hmm. So they finally got the season open up up at Cusets. Corey Eliason wins at Weedsport Speedway in Weedsport, New York. That was good action last that was night. Good, that was good. Uh, Corey Eliason now driving for Leighton Crouch, the you know car formerly driven by Buddy Kofoid. Now uh, Corey Eliason behind the wheel of that car coming off with a big win last night. Aaron Reitzel wins at Lee County Speedway in Belleville, Illinois. Uh, that was Donaldson, Iowa. Donaldson. Yeah. Belleville, I think, is the uh, the byline, the home of Power Eye. And when they put a story up, they use the home uh, headquarters for Power Eye as their dateline, Belleville, Illinois. But actually, the track was in Donaldson, Iowa, far southeastern corner of the state up there. Mm. So, big win for Aaron Reitzel on Friday night. Yeah. All right. Um Man, we've went long today, haven't we, Kurt? Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Who's going to win the Indy 500, Todd? Oh, your mic's not on, Todd. Uh, Ferrucci, <laughs> Daniel Santino Ferrucci. Huh? Uh, we met him at the Chili. I met him at the Chili Bowl one year when he was racing at the Chili Bowl, and I think it was his first time ever rolling into Tulsa Speedway, and uh, 
in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, and uh, I'm gonna—that's my long shot pick. I mean, he, Elio is my is my always my yearly favorite, but he's getting up there in age, and I think this is—he's just not able to race where these new guys are racing. It's um, the older guys have a different line, yeah. and these newer guys are running a different line, and. There's marbles up there, and Helio's not able to to run that same line, so he's either going to have to change his line or just fall to the back of the pack. But he's a four-time champion. I don't think he's sweating anything this weekend other than Kurt doing it, the It thing. says Belleville, Illinois on there. Yeah, it does. But that, And the story, they use the byline of the headquarters for Power Eye, which is located in Belleville, Illinois. I don't know why they do that. I'd rather see the date line of the track where it's located, but that's the way they put out their press releases. So, Lee County Speedway. Aaron Reitzel picks yeah, up the win. He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Timms won Friday night at, at Belleville. He did. But he didn't get such a great start on Saturday night. Zach Dom uh, led all the way. There wasn't much passing in the uh, Belleville uh, midget race on Saturday night. It was mm-hmm. Pretty much one groove around the bottom. Joe B. Miller uh, and, picked uh, up. Zach Dom took full advantage of that. Joe B. Miller picked up the win down at the Power I 410 at Lake Ozark Speedway. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Didn't have all that many cars down there. A lot of those guys were up in Knoxville right now. Would they have eight cars? No, they had. No, that's how many cars they had at Double X Speedway last night. Oh, but Double X. Tyler, they, had, they had more than Tyler that. Tyler Blank but, picks up the win at California, yeah. Missouri. Yeah, I think they had, uh, what, 17, 18 cars down at Lake Ozark on Saturday night Yeah, for the 410s. Yeah. And uh, it's Alex Pillow, Renus VK, and Felix Rosenquist on the front row of the Indy 500. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, Joseph Newgarden out of the Penske stable. Nobody talks about him at Indy. I'm going to pick him as my winner. I, I, I'm not going to pick anybody because I don't know who's fast. You know, the bigger stars is what we saw at Belleville the other night. The USAC stars, to me, are bigger. Justin Grant, Brady Bacon are bigger stars than what you see at Indy this weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to race two days down at CMS this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So get down there and check them out. It's the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints, and it's all at CMS this weekend. For Todd Surprise, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Saturday. It's Track Talk right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network.
faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. 